Welcome to Fellowship College Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Well, you've made it this far in the season. We've only got a few episodes left. But I was thinking this morning, uh, back to my first memory. Do y'all do y'all remember like the first memory that you can think of? I remember my my favorite earliest memory. It wasn't my first. You say your favorite earliest memory? Yes. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to answer that. Um, <laughs> also, got her own and, question. And then I want, yeah, it's like, yeah. Uh, I have an earliest memory, but I don't like that one. Correct. So I'm going to choose my own. Correct, because it's my brother's It was actually last week. Oh, no. <laughs> I was ice skating last week. Um, also, I just want to know, I think my favorite part of this is just hearing whatever random thing Josh adds to the intro every week. <laughs> Okay, anyway, my favorite earliest memory is my first day of kindergarten, and I picked out my outfit. Y'all. Describe I, it. Do you remember strawberry shortcake? Uh, yes. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I the, had- The dessert? Like the food? Oh. No. I'm kidding. Like the, okay, I'm okay, kidding. good. Okay, yeah. um, strawberry shortcake, for those of you who don't know, it, what, what even was she? Was like she a, a doll? doll? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I but had, there was like a show, I think. There was a show. Oh, yeah, there yeah. was a show. Okay, there we go. Uh, well, I had an outfit. Like I had these bell-bottom jeans mm. that had like flowers and strawberry shortcake on them. Mm-hmm. And then I had the shirt that had bows and there was some plaid on it. It was pink. It was a whole ordeal. Okay. Had strawberry Ooh. shortcake. Go a big off, picture of her. Yes, thank you. Um, and there is a picture of me on my first day of kindergarten. I will have to find it and bring it in for you guys because I know you really want to see it. So what's your, yes. actually, your actual earliest memory that you didn't want to share? When I was younger, um, we lived in a really small apartment complex. Um, and like, it was like right after my parents' divorce and my brothers, I couldn't really climb up stairs yet. And my brothers would play tag and then they'd go and climb up the stairs and I'd be at the bottom trying to like reach them. And you're that, like, that is my first memory. Wow. And you're like, everyone in my life has abandoned me. And now my brothers. <laughs> that is why I go to counseling. <laughs> Oh, well, we're okay. glad you're here. Thank you for yeah. sharing. Thank you. Okay, so Joanna, come back. Come back to me. Come back to me. Okay. Oh, I you're can't still, remember. You're still thinking. Yeah, wow. I'm still thinking. The person with the photographic memory. Oh my, okay. Is having a tr- no, no, trouble no, 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 remembering. No, I don't have photographs from my childhood in my brain. Okay. Well, when did that gift start? I don't know. Like maybe like five or six years ago. Also, if you listen to our to one of the earlier episodes, Joanna has a photographic memory, except it's broken. I don't, <laughs> I tried to quiz her the other day and she failed. So she could not remember what Josh, any of us were wearing. No, no, no. Josh asked us what <laughs> we were wearing at Top. He asked me what we were wearing at Top Golf. And we he said to Top Golf. And I just like pulled up whatever my brain saw as a golfer. And I said vest. And he was not wearing a vest. Tough. So That's tough. That's whatever. So my earliest memory is also semi traumatic, which oh, no. I, I've learned is why some of these are our earliest memories is uh-huh. because that's that's what our brain remembers kind of like ingrains a little deeper if you will and so when i was in preschool i don't really know how old i was four or five or something like that i was in preschool and it's called the alpha alpha school and you know those like big bounce houses like inflatable bounce houses mm-hmm. well i was one of i was one of the smaller kids and all the all the bigger kids my i think my older brother was a part of this i can't remember though 
they all do this thing where you all rush to one side and it kind of like, I don't know if you've ever done this, but you all rush to the same side of the bounce house and it kind of like collapses. Mm -hmm. And then all at the same time you run to the, run to the other side and like you escape. Well, they did that. I didn't know this was going on. It literally like (laughs) collapsed and like the, it felt like the whole thing was like this huge bounce house was like collapsing on me. They leave and I think it's going to like, you know, go back to normal. But it, I mean, it literally, I was trapped. I kid you not. I wish I was making this up. I can still, I can still picture, picture everything. I, I was trapped in this bounce house and I'm like, I, I felt like I was going to die. Like I felt like I was all alone. The whole thing was like closing in on me. And I was like, well, this is it. It's, it's Uh, over. (laughs) And I don't know if someone pulled me out. I don't remember what happens next. Blocked it out. (laughs) Yeah. I think I, I don't know if someone pulled me out, if I found a way out, but it, I've never been in a bounce house since. Uh, That's actually not true. <laughs> and you were thinking about that this morning. I was thinking about it last night, actually. Oh, yeah, oh. I know. I'm sorry. Josh, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for being a safe place for me. <laughs> okay, Joanna. Okay, I don't think this is a super early memory. Uh, maybe I was like, I don't know. Like when I was in Cabo two weeks ago. I was not in Cabo. Oh, yeah. Uh, You're going to Cabo. That's right. I'll go to Cabo. <laughs> okay. Josh is trying to just tell I just want you to that he's going to Cabo. I'm going to Cabo. Um, but no, I think this was, so there was, we, in India, which is where I grew up, the houses are like really close to, well, not maybe everywhere in India, but I grew up in a huge city. So like lots of people, houses are really close together. Um, And we had like, like a, like a, what do you call it when Yard? it's like on the second floor and it's like open a and you like go out? Like oh, a kind balcony. Of a, like a balcony. Ba- a balcony. Okay, yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, I lost the word. Okay, so we had a balcony and it was right next to the balcony of the house to the right side of us. And there was a girl my age who lived in that house. And so we would like play together all the time. But my parents never let me have candy. Oh. And so I would go to the balcony and she would come out to her balcony and she would throw me candy no from her house. No way. <laughs> She's a hero. <laughs> yeah. I know. What a hero. Yeah. And I would tell her, I would just like pocket the candy. We do and not I was recommend like, giving candy to kids though. Cause in America <laughs> mm-hmm. that's seen as very creepy. Oh. And so we're not encouraging that. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm, she was my age. Oh, she was Like she age. was oh, like, okay, gotcha, gotcha. like she would get candy from her parents <laughs> and throw that, me the candy. That makes a little more sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah her yeah. elderly neighbor. No, 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 no. Passing her candy behind her parents' back. That's a little disturbing. Uh, Jacob, what about you? Uh-huh. <laughs> totally kidding. Jacob, <laughs> Jacob is in a better place today. Um, he's at a wedding. He's at a wedding <laughs> in, in Minnesota. Not as cool as when Joanna was in Mexico. True. Yeah, I've got to tell you, when dope. you were in Mexico, we, we kept saying that you were in a, in a better place. <laughs> so I was, you were, you were having fun. I, I had a we great were, time. we were all, we were all very oh. jealous. Well, today we're hitting you with, with another tough one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coming into the studio this morning, I was actually really, really nervous because this is another one that that I know is really hard for a lot of people, that there's very personal stories involved with this topic, um, and there's a lot of division, especially in light of what's going on in our country. And so today, we're talking about abortion, and as Christians, remember this is a Christian podcast, we're speaking to Christians specifically in college, we kind of want to try and try and navigate this. We want to help give 
uh, a biblical understanding of of this is what abortion is, this is where we stand, this is where life starts, and also here's how we can can actively be a part of the solution, like holistically. Mm-hmm. And so today, I feel like I'm way outside of my comfort zone. And so I'm going to try and talk as little as possible. I want to hear from Joanna and Eileen as much as possible today. And so I'm just going to kind of sit back and help facilitate. You guys are leading this this morning. And so I think a good place to start is just where does life begin? Where does life start? Yeah. Well, first of all, Josh, you're awesome. Thank you for facilitating and, and being here. I'm feeling that this is a heavy topic and, um, I mean, it's, it's weighty because it deals with, um, and we'll get to this, but the Christian perspective is that, that this is ending a life. And so, um, it's something that a lot of people have been talking about recently, um, just with some stuff that have gone on, that has gone on, um, with, with like politics and um, just in the media. Yeah. So, um, it is something that we want to talk about, but kind of like you said, we want this to be a jumping off point. Please don't let this be the only resource you listen to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, please go and educate yourself on this. Um, and I know Joanna is going to talk in a little bit about um, just the division that has come and how we can kind of demonize both sides. But um, anyway, with that being said, <laughs> yes, where does life begin? Okay, so there are um, about five common um, like stances that people will hold when it comes to you know where does does life begin. Um, because I think the general public would agree that, oh, it is not okay to kill someone, to take a life. Um, and that's why the conversation gets down to, oh, well, if a fetus isn't a life, then it's okay to abort the the baby, the fetus, whatever you want to call it, right? So um, with that being said, uh, the first stance would be that life begins at conception. Um, and that is generally what um, the whole church generally holds to. Um, so that is the very beginning. Um, and then in a little bit, we can talk about some passages that talk about life in the womb and the importance of that. But the second stance would be life begins at recognition. And so that would be, um, you know, when you can see on like a pregnancy test uh, or sonogram. So yeah, yeah. Recognition would be like Say you have a five-year-old looking at a picture. Uh, are, are those the sonograms? Like that the 3D? Yeah, mm-hmm. the 3D. Yeah, the sonogram. And a five-year-old could say, oh, like that's a baby. Like they could even recognize gotcha. it, you know? Like that's when you can kind of see the the features that look like a normal human. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see it, yeah. but normal human baby. And so that's recognition. Um, and then there's viability. Um, so if it, if a baby can survive outside of the womb, which is generally, um, well, the earliest ones that we see are about 22 weeks, um, which is, is pretty early. It's just over like halfway through the pregnancy and 22 weeks viability. That is like, oh, if they can survive outside the mom, then that's, that's where life begins. Um, and then there's birth. So up until, you know, the day before the baby is born, excuse me, and then, it's, it's not considered a life, but right after it's outside the womb, it is considered a life. And then the last um, stance that is growing in popularity um, with our culture, which is a little interesting, is desire. So that is the idea that if the mother does not want to be pregnant, 
um, then it is not considered a life, right? And that can be for many reasons. I mean, um, that's scary, right? A lot of the cases um, of women who come in for abortion are because they don't think they're ready to be a mom. Um, And so if, if they are not wanting this baby, then it is not considered a baby. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so you would say the vast majority of Christians throughout Christian history would, would claim and, and land that life begins at conception. Mm-hmm. And so where do Christians get that from? Like, how do they land there? Yeah. Um, so there are a few passages um, that talk about um, life in the womb. Um, and uh, in this topic, we hear a lot of people talk about the sanctity of life a lot. Um, and so that is just looking at the the sacredness and the the weight and importance of human life. Um, and we can take that topic to um, the Imago Dei, the being made in the image of God and um, the creation account, Genesis 1 and 2 and um, all of that. But when it comes to looking at babies in the womb, uh, I mean, we can look at Psalm 139, and that's that uh, pretty classic. famously, yeah, classic um, verse. So like verses 13 and 14 to say, you were created in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And then going to verse 16, it says, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Um, so that's typically where people would go. I think um, looking at Luke chapter one, uh, we see um, Elizabeth, who is the cousin of Mary, uh, Mary, mm. the, the Virgin Mary who gave yeah. birth to Jesus, right? We see Elizabeth pregnant with John the Baptist. Um, and when Mary early on in her pregnancy um, entered the home of Elizabeth, uh, who so both of them were pregnant. Uh, Mary was early on with Jesus. Elizabeth was, I think at the time it was six months pregnant with John the Baptist. Um, but the, the passage goes on to say that when, um, uh, Elizabeth heard Mary entering the home, John in her womb leapt. Um, and I think just looking at the significance of that, that one of the first people on this earth to recognize the Messiah was a baby in the womb. Mm-hmm. I mean, how profound is that? That's crazy. That is, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, those are some passages, um, that talk about just, uh, life in the womb. I know there's a, there's a Psalm, I think it's at 51 five that is actually kind of like, like a negative one of like, Oh, in my, is it in my sin, in my iniquity, you formed yeah, me in the womb. I mean, this is like David's repentant yes. Psalm with, with Bathsheba. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are just some passages that talk about life. It in says the womb. in sin, my mother conceived. Me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so like right off the bat, even just saying, hey, as Christians, this is where we plant our flag. We we believe in in God's design for life. We believe that that this is when this is when it begins and and God cares about life. So we should care about life. Right off the bat, there's already people that are listening to this that like are pretty frustrated with us, that that disagree and are potentially listening to this and and are like are are angry. And so Joanna, talk about this, this division, what, what makes this such a divisive topic? Yeah. So sometimes like, I mean, every time I feel like this conversation comes up, it's two sides of people that are seeing it from completely different points of view. And I think as, as Christians, we believe in it so strongly and so firmly because, um, we, we care about life. Like we see the sanctity of life and how important it is 
to God and how important it is, like just all throughout scripture. And so that's something we really care about as Christians. Um, and to the other side who aren't Christians, they see the way that we have imposed these beliefs on people that don't even believe what we believe. And so they see that as unfair. They see that us as us taking away a woman's rights and choice over her own body. And so people like, I mean, throughout history, we have seen how women have struggled for their rights. And so yeah. people are looking to Christians and saying like, we've fought for this for so long and yeah, you're, you're removing those things. You're putting us back. Thousand, like you're putting exactly. us back decades, if not a century. Exactly. Wow. Um, and I think as Christians, um, it is really hard for us to empathize with that sometimes um, and to empathize for with, with women, with the women that do get abortions. I think, um, I think oftentimes a lot of us being middle-class and I don't know what a lot of y'all's like socioeconomic and like just the kind of, the kind of world you are raised in is, but I know as a vast majority, um, a lot of us come from like pretty good families and privileged circumstances and we can't begin to understand what other people go through when they find out that they're pregnant and they just have no means of support and no means of of raising a child and I don't I don't know like I don't have a child and I've I've never been pregnant and so but I know like and Josh you can speak to this as well just how difficult it is um to raise a child even with support yeah um so yeah. yeah. So my daughter, as at, while we're recording this, my daughter just turned one yesterday. So I've <laughs> successfully kept a child alive for one year, which mm-hmm. was way longer than most people thought I would be able to do that. And so I've had a front row seat to Lauren, my wife, going through all the pregnancy, all, all the ups and downs that, mm-hmm. that, that comes with. And, um, and then even in this first year of life, man, like it's been such a joy. Like, I, I mean, I love Blair, my daughter. She's like the best, but it has been the hardest year of my life. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that's coming from someone that financially we're in a fine spot. We have so much support. We have family support. We have family that lives close by that, that is always coming down to help. We have friends that are in the same season. So it feels like we have this community that we're doing this together. Like even just the fact that Lauren and I are together. So we've got a team, the two of us doing this together and still with everything in our favor, it has been the hardest year of my life. And so Mm. like, again, I'm not trying to mansplain anything, but when I, when I see these women that, that are considering abortion, Mm -hmm. like my heart just crumbles and breaks because a lot of them are by themselves. A lot of them don't have the resources. A lot of them don't have the finances. A lot of them don't have a partner to do this with or a community to do this with. And so I just want to say, if, if this means anything, I can't imagine what that what that is like. It is hard enough as it is. And so no part of us is saying that this is an easy decision or that, or that this is just like, um, yeah, that this won't be hard. None of us are are saying that, but what what I think we are saying is that that this is the right decision, mm-hmm. even if it is really, really, really unimaginably hard. Yeah, and I think um, 
it's easy for us to demonize the the other sides, yes, no matter which side sure. you stand on. For sure. Um, and I think some of you may be listening to this and thinking, oh, well, like, it's not really applicable to me. I don't really know anyone who's had an abortion. But y'all, can I just say that one in three women, the, the statistic fluctuates a little bit, so it's either one in three or one in four mm-hmm. women in the United States will have an abortion before, mm-hmm. or within her lifetime. Mm-hmm. That is a crazy statistic, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something because of our culture that people aren't gonna talk about because there's so much shame surrounding it and so much um, just that has been politicized about it. And just to continue on with with what we're saying, I think we really do need to have compassion mm. because if we are holding to biblical principles for our stances on this topic, we should not only be holding to the sanctity of life, right? So we do, we, um, we are against having an abortion, but we are also for the woman and caring for her and following those biblical principles of compassion and love and caring for the needy too. Mm. And yeah. I mean, a big part of my story um, it's just that the Lord has redeemed a lot of sexual sin in my life. And I remember being in high school and having a pregnancy scare and I have never been more scared as yeah. I was in my life in that moment. Mm. It was, I mean, just feelings of helplessness and, um, just fear of what is everyone going to think? Like, how would I even talk to people? How would I talk to my, my friends at school, my mom, like just the shame and fear and guilt that surrounds you in that moment, you feel so helpless. And so I just want the listeners to know that if there's anyone out there that um, either is in that situation, we want to come alongside you. We want to be there for you. And if that means, um, you know, helping you as you process through a lot of things that you have to process through, we want to be there. If it means preparing for a child entering into your home, we want to be there. If that, if you are in a place where you cannot um, take care of a child, we will help find a home for that person. Mm-hmm. Um, we as the body of Christ, that is our job. We are to care for one another. And so um, I just want people to hear that. And and we will be talking more about what we can do. Today. Yeah, let's, I mean, let's, let's go there. I know everyone listening to this knows what our stance is. They know where we land mm-hmm. instead of diving into the, the politics or the laws or, or things like that. I think, I think the most productive and fruitful thing we can do with, with our time this morning is to talk about what can we do to help? Like, what can we do as Christians to step into this, into this area and, and help women in all stages. Yeah. So I think, I think why this is, has been so divisive. And I think sometimes we as Christians say like, well, we don't believe in abortions. We believe life matters and are surprised why that's such a controversial statement. Um, but it's been so controversial because we, like we were saying, have, have done it in such a judgmental way and have just said, this is absolute truth and you're not allowed to do this. But then again, have been so hypocritical and have not offered help or any resources Mm. that we've not sacrificed our comfort for the well-being of the other. Can I say say that a little more bluntly? Mm -hmm. If you are a Christian and you say, I care about life, but you, you aren't caring about the moms involved in every stage, you are a hypocrite and you don't actually care about life. So how do we care about life? 
Yeah. Um, we all just listened to the sermon that Eileen sent us the other day. <laughs> um, and I thought that it was incredible the way the pastor was really blunt with his congregation about what they sh- should do. Um, he said, um, we've received the gift of life from Jesus. He gave up mm-hmm. his life so that we may have life. And so we've received and have been a part of the sacrifice yeah. that Jesus made so that we can have life. And so we should sacrifice in the same way. He said, he said, um, sell your boat and don't buy a better boat. Yeah. <laughs> Get a kid instead. He was like, adopt a child, like help a mother. And he was like, he said, um, sell your house, move into a community of there where there are single mothers and people that need help and help them. Like he was like, sell these things and like give of your time and give yeah. of your money and give of your resources. Like he was just like so blunt and he was like, don't let this moment pass without doing something about it. Like he was like, just, just go out there. Yeah. What I really, make it happen. what like, I really like resonated with was that it wasn't okay. Everyone go and adopt and foster. Mm-hmm. He said, some of you are going to, are going to go out here and, and this might be to, to the listeners. I know this is a college audience. So it's mm-hmm. going to look a little different, right? but some, some, some of you might go out of here and be like, I need to, take an active role in, in adoption or foster, or at least learn more about that. Totally. Some of you, it's, it, it's a financial thing. Some of you, it's, right. I have this spare room or this, this place that like, or my parents have this spare room. Mm-hmm. I, I need to help encourage my parents to, to leverage that for the good of those who are in need. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, Hey, this is a one size fits all application. It's a, you need to consider what gifts God has given you, what are the excesses that you have in your life and how that excess and those gifts can meet the people that, that are in need. Yes. And, and I want to be really specific with two things that, yeah. that college students can do. Yeah, that's okay? good. That's good. Um, so our church specifically partners with an organization called Loving Choices. Um, and that is a pregnancy center and they have a few locations throughout Northwest Arkansas. And um, if you're listening and you're not from Northwest Arkansas, uh, there are pregnancy centers yeah. everywhere. So <laughs> uh, go on Google and find one near you. And um, just in our contact, our context specifically, um, they are desiring for people to come in and volunteer at the center. Um, so that center, what they do is they help moms in crisis. So they help with... Um, when they first find out they're pregnant, um, in that, that crisis stage. And then they help, um, moms who have had abortions, uh, previously, and they help them, um, just with the grief that comes, uh, after that, um, they get them in like some sort of group with community and all of that. Um, and then they have this like little store where moms can come in and, um, have, get clothes and get diapers and wipes and, um, food. And so, um, yes, you can meet a physical need by donating things like that, like diapers and wipes and food, but you can also volunteer your time and go into that store and help with washing the laundry and, um, you know, passing out the snacks and talking with these women who are coming in because they're in a very, um, stressful and sensitive time. And even one friendly face to have a conversation with them, and not feel judged and condemned could just have such an impact. And so that is one way to get involved. Um, it's called loving choices. You can um, look it up here. And then another way is, is through foster care. And so like, um, Joanna and Josh mentioned, it doesn't mean you have to be a foster parent. Um, I was on the phone with my sister earlier this week and she's a foster care supervisor. And my sister this week is sleeping on the floor of a building because there is not a home, um, 
that will take this 16 year old girl. And so my sister is, is spending the night with her and another caseworker um, oh. because there are not enough homes. And in Northwest Arkansas right now, um, I'm trying to think, I think I wrote it down. There are um, 400 something kids in, in foster care, 450 in Northwest Arkansas. There are only 130 certified homes. Um, so as a college student, um, what that can mean is you can volunteer for respite care. Like go, it really, um, for most organizations, it only takes a background check. Go and babysit for these parents who have foster kids in their homes. Just give them one night out, you know? <laughs> um, like, like, I mean, Josh, I don't know if you can speak into oh, this as a dad, but like literally just one night. <laughs> if, um, I, if I need it, they, they need it even more. Yeah. Um, volunteer to bring food, like make a meal. How fun would it be if yeah. you as a college student could gather like sorority sisters, fraternity brothers, or Bible study friends and cook a meal together and then go and bring it to parents that you know who are foster parents. Um, so things like that. A lot of kids in foster care have a lot of um, doctor's appointments or like counseling appointments, therapy, things like that volunteer to take them to that appointment for the mom or dad that is their foster parent you know um a lot of times these parents have many kids and um, whether that be many, many foster kids and or kids of their own they've got a lot to juggle you know so even just doing small things like that can yeah, make a good. huge change yeah totally that's, that's i really love good. that yeah so let's say that's really good let's say we have this is the last thing we'll talk about mm-hmm. let's say there's there's a college student, she's listening to this right now, and she just found out she's pregnant. Mm. What is the, is the one thing or, or a couple of things that you would you would tell her? Oh, um, gosh, I would say find a safe person. Um, I think the greatest thing that the enemy does is tries to tell us that uh, people aren't safe that we can't go to anyone because we'll be judged. And so what we need to do is we need to fix it. And that is in the form of an abortion. And so if a girl is listening and she finds out that she's pregnant, please go to someone, go to one of us. We are here. We want to come alongside you. Um, gosh, we are, we are all sinners. Um, so just feeling the weight of guilt and shame that I know can come upon that. That's scary. Yeah, it's really scary. So um, please reach out to someone. Yeah. Well, if you're listening truly, I I don't know if you believe this or not, but, but we do care about you. We do love you. And and we are here. If you need anything, I know this was, this was a weighty episode. And so please just let, let this be the start of a conversation even and and come talk to us, come find us, DM us, whatever, whatever it takes or find someone that you trust. And we really do care about you guys. And so until next week, grace and peace. peace.